Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I am so glad that you guys have tuned into this episode because we are going to be talking about a topic that I think is just so important no matter your age or your stage in life, and that's fostering healthy friendships. And ah, I'm so excited to introduce y'all to some new friends today, Mac and Ken's from Delight Ministries. Mac and Ken's met and became pretty quick friends while they were in college and soon realized that they had a shared passion to help women fellowship kind of around the idea of vulnerably sharing um, in God's work in their everyday life. And that led them to start a Bible study that they ended up calling Delight. Well, spoiler alert, um, it blew up in the best kinds of ways. And from that, Delight Ministries was born. I want Mac and Ken's to share more about Delight in a little bit because they're just powerhouses who are going to share so much wisdom with you. But you should know that it has continued to flourish. And Delight Ministries now has over 140 college chapters across the country, which is amazing. Not to mention that they have an active blog and a podcast of their own called For the Girl. So be sure to check it out. And I will link all of those things in the show notes so you guys can get to know them. Okay, that's enough of me blabbering. I could do this forever because I'm fangirling. Let's be honest. Um, let me introduce you to Mac and Ken's. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> we are Mac and Ken. Oh, my goodness. We're <laughs> hype. We're so excited, yeah. too. Gosh, I'm so stoked you're here. We're going to be talking about a really important topic. And well, before we get into it, can I ask you guys to introduce yourselves, maybe share a little bit of who you are, how old you are, where you live, and maybe a fun fact. Ooh, yes. Ooh, all the things. Okay, so we live in Nashville, Tennessee. We met in college at Belmont, so that's why we're here still in Nashville. <laughs> we are about five years out of college now, so we, I am 27, Mac is 26, which usually I just try to say we're 27, but Mac gets a little offended. <laughs> She's like, give me those like Ken couple months. Ken hates that she's six months older than me. She's yeah. always trying to, we're the same age. I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's a little bit about our Fun fact. Oh, do fun, fun fact. fact. <laughs> okay, my fun fact is she's, so Mac, I'll do Mac's fun fact. Okay. She can do my fun fact. So okay. Mac's fun fact is that she's a pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. uh, PK. <laughs> uh, and it's very, it's honestly like oddly obvious. I think if you talk really? to her, yeah, she loves the Bible. <laughs> really <laughs> <passionate> <laughs> well, you're making me sound uh, really cool. She here. is cool, you know, but yeah, that's Mac for you. Okay. Um, Kenza's fun fact is Oh yeah, that's such a good one. She just pointed at her hand. So Ken basically <laughs> fell into a fire, like a like a campfire when she was younger. Oh and my she, gosh! Yeah, she <laughs> had to get a tragic. It's not tragic. It's not that sad. She had to get a skin graft, and they took skin from her butt to cover her <laughs> hand. So basically, she has a butt hand. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's true. In like second grade, it happened, and then everybody called me butt hand, and she was like just humiliating. <laughs> but it's okay. Oh We've gotten past it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> That does sound a lot more tragic before you share the whole story. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, yeah that was like could have gone really bad. It could have been a small That could have been a weird fun fact, but I think it came all the way through. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and I normally I would say, how do we know each other? Like that would be the next question I ask, but we're new friends, which is exciting. I know. It's just like our first date. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then 
we often talk about some travel topics on here only because I've spent a few years traveling, as I told you guys earlier, but where are some of the favorite, your favorite places that you've ever been, or maybe a place you're hoping to go in the near future? Ooh, okay. So just to further um, instate my preacher's daughter status, um, my favorite place that I've ever been is Israel. My dad has a trip a couple of times and I've gotten to go both times and I love it. It's just like so cool to see, like walk the places where Jesus walked and everything. So, well, I'm really sounding like a preacher's kid over here. (laughs) No, but I feel like Israel's on a lot of people's bucket lists, including my own. So if and when I start planning that trip, I might come to you for some tips and advice. It's amazing. I want like, it's honestly one of my life goals to try to get everybody to go to Israel. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. My favorite you know what's fun about Mac and I? We get to travel together some, and it's like our favorite thing ever. We'll probably talk about that later in the episode, honestly, because it has a lot to do with our friendship. But those are some of my favorite moments, for real. We um, have gone to, like, New York City is one of our favorite places to go. Wow. I've gone my sister lives there, so I go with my family sometimes, or to just visit her, or with Mac. That's typically where we get anything serious done, is mm-hmm. in New York. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I guess that might be my favorite. So. That's a, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with that. I feel like New York is such a like dreamer city. It's where you go and you dream bigger and you pursue, because that's what everyone's doing there, right? They're all getting after their dreams and their passions. And it is a place where you get stuff done. It's yes. so true. On this last trip, we went back in November and we were working on one of our books for Delight. And every day we would find a new hotel lobby to sit in. We <laughs> found that they're like the best places to write from. And we would find a new hotel lobby and sit there and write. And we felt like we were just a part of the culture. And it was pretty amazing. Yeah. We loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great way to transition into our topic. So today we're going to be talking about fostering healthy friendships. And I already mentioned this earlier, but you two lead a community called Delight. Ministries, I would love for you guys to just share as much or as little as you'd like to about Delight and then what made you decide to start it and how you did that. Yeah, so Delight is a college women's community. Like you said earlier, we're on a hundred and like just over 140 chapters. Amazing. Fall semester, pretty crazy. But yeah, they basically, you know, they're just basically like safe places on your college campus to pursue your faith, to meet women that are um, like-minded and who can keep you accountable, who can encourage you, pray for you, empower you. Like it's huge in college these days. You need a place like that. So yeah, they meet weekly. We actually have curriculum that they go through. So they go through the curriculum. They do outside events in their community, like um, service events, worship nights, things like that. Um, so yeah, it's basically a group of women just pursuing Jesus on their college campuses. Mac and I started it when we were in college. We decided to start a girls' Bible study together <laughs> our sophomore year, and thinking nothing, we were seriously just like anybody else who like was just like, "Ooh, we should start a Bible study." Um, <laughs> and you know, the Lord had really called us to that. It was a hard like freshman year for us, and we yeah. were really community ourselves and yeah we decided this bible city that just grew a ton and that first year we just recognized we were like wow this is something I think that could flourish on universities all across the country and so 
we kind of just jumped in and said yes to this little idea that God put on our hearts. And Mm -hmm. yeah, here we are like eight years later. So it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Is it so strange to like look back on that moment you guys had the first discussion about it and see how much it's grown and how much God has done in those eight years? Like what kind of feelings does that bring up? Yeah, it's really been so crazy. I think that we um, we have so many moments where we go back to like, so because we still live in Nashville, our Belmont is literally two minutes away from our office. And actually on Friday, we're going to the like Belmont delight kickoff for the semester. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we'll do that. And every time I go back to the campus and I walk around, I just am so blown away that eight years later, I'm honestly um, doing a lot of the same things that I did eight years ago. <laughs> just not knowing that like the prayers that I was praying and the conversations that we were having and the people that we were meeting and like um, the dreams that we were dreaming, they really mattered so much. Like those are the moments that we're planting the seeds for God to be able to just build kind of like our life stories on. Yeah. um, Not knowing that those seriously, like those prayers and conversations would like lay a foundation for thousands of women to experience like the same kind of Christ in our community. So it's pretty wild to think back upon. I just love when we can look back and see, you know, just because of our one act of obedience, God can multiply it in ways that, you know, we never could have seen coming. And I just, I think it's such an encouragement to any of us out there who are like, you know, feeling that feeling like they, we need to do something because it's on our heart, but it's a little scary. We don't really know what's going to happen or how it's going to play out, but just saying yes anyway. Yeah, Yeah, it's so true. I think like the biggest movements of God so often start with the like tiniest steps of obedience and we have to be willing to start really, really small. Um, I think, you know, in our world today, it's so like cool to be kind of like an entrepreneur and a dreamer and all that stuff. But I think a lot of us aren't willing to just take those like tiny little steps of obedience that nobody notices. Um, Yeah. I think back and I'm like, gosh, I'm so thankful we said yes, because I didn't have the dream for what delight is today. When we started, it was really just like, let's create community for like five or six girls on our campus. And then God took that vision and just kind of blew it up. So it's Mm. been fun. Well, I think your guys' focus on college aged women is so key because that's such a pivotal time um, I mean, I'm thinking back to when I was in college. It's such a pivotal time where you're really figuring out who you are and what you, what gifts you've been given, what passions you have, and um, who God says you are and what your identity is in Him. And um, I just wanted to ask, what were some of your biggest challenges that you guys faced when you were in college? Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. I think because we do college ministry, we we get this question a lot of like, you know, what is the biggest thing that like college women are facing and even thinking back upon our own journeys and we've like tried to answer it so many times but honestly we always kind of go back to the fact that um I think in college like every single person I can pretty much guarantee walks through some sort of identity crisis Mm -hmm. Um, you get to college and you're just looking for someone something some group of people um some like later achievement to put who you are in. And um, we kind of just grab onto the first couple things that we come across. That's mm-hmm. why like, um, you know, the first couple people that you meet in college oftentimes like shapes who you become in college. Um, so I think it's like something that I really struggled with was I came to college um, wanting to actually be a country singer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um, But yeah, and grow like all throughout high school and first couple years of college, I mean, like, that's who I was. And like, 
my like worth and my value and who I saw myself kind of just like lived and died off of how much success I was having kind of in like the music industry. And um, pretty quickly that left me just so empty and exhausted mm. and drained. And like you come to a school like Belmont, Belmont's like a pretty well-known music school. And suddenly like everybody was just as awesome as I was at music. And yeah. um, I was like, oh my gosh who am I? Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And, um, it was kind of like through that journey of kind of like shedding that skin. I don't do country music anymore. (laughs) So kind of shedding that skin. Suddenly I was like, I don't even know who I am. Like, I don't know what I'm about. I don't know whose I am. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I like really discovered the Lord in a whole new way. And really started to dive into my faith in a way I'd never done before. And that is truly kind of what shifted my college experience for me. Um, And it's funny because all along the way, delight was happening. Um, But yeah, I think it goes back to identity. I know it did for me and I think it does for a lot of women. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I would totally agree. I think it, I think for myself, that kind of took the form of like a lot of comparison. (laughs) Like Mm, you're in college trying to figure out who you are and you're like, so like disheartened and so discouraged and like feels like it just is so hard looking around you you're like you know she has that really awesome spiritual handsome hot boyfriend and then she like she's a really she's really well spoken like she's such a strong leader or like yeah like she's so smart or she knows what she's gonna do and like all these things and like I think for me I don't know exactly like I think that we all struggle with comparison in some form but I think I really struggled with it in college and I think I just felt really inadequate in a lot of ways and um I just like feel like it was so exhausting for me like trying to lead yet always comparing it just like doesn't really go well together and so yeah I think these like years out of college it's like been really formative for me in that just like really stepping into like my lane and figuring out Mm -hmm. like my gifts and how we're all like gifted differently and all have different ideas and callings and personalities. And that's such a good thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I remember though in college just feeling like so like held back and disheartened and honestly just like exhausted and tired because of comparison. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I like how through your college years and even in the post-college years did, did both of you with identity and with comparison, like kind of come to the place that you are now, I guess, or, or would you say it's a like lifelong journey and you're just always on that path and growing more and more? Yeah, no, that's such a good question. It's kind of a hard one to answer, but um, <laughs> I think that, you know, Mac and I doing delight together has been like such a, such a gift and like such a privilege um, mm-hmm. in so many ways, because, you know, we're leading it together, which can be really like difficult and like a worldly lens, like being, doing something and growing Mm -hmm. together and going through all these like crazy like phases of life graduating young adulting like (laughs) friends boyfriends and doing it like side by side with somebody else Mm -hmm. and like everybody around us sees us together as like a pair so then it's like it could really wedge us against each other and like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like negative things that could come from this yeah but I think both of us have really like taken it and like had a really healthy perspective with it and it has I think our relationship with each other has really helped us like define who we are and like step further into like 
who we are individually. It's like had we've had to figure that out probably faster than yeah. the world around us because it was so tempting to compare. So yeah, it's been cool like starting delight and getting to like step into like our role and like taking ownership of our role and like exercising our gifts individually has like formed so much of who we are. Yeah, and I would just add to I think having somebody too that you're you're doing these hard things with because college is hard. Like I think we can mm-hmm. all agree. college is hard. Yes. College is hard. It's all tough. And when you do it on your own, um, it's like just it's even harder. But when you have someone to do it with you, like the days where I was like bogged down by comparison or the days that like I was just so confused about my identity, it seemed like those are the days that Ken's was like all about the Lord and just like running hard after him. Mm-hmm. And so many times it would just kind of encourage me and give me like the kick in the pants that I needed to like get up, dust myself off and just keep running after his heart. And um, so I think that like community during that time is just so, so, so important. And probably the reason why we decided to start a college women's ministry that was all based around community, because we really believe like it can truly change everything and can truly like give you a place to, to get back on your knees and go back to the heart of God, like time and time again. And so. Yeah. Well, speaking of community and friendships, particularly when you're in college, I suppose, what is the quote unquote friendship comfort zone and how can someone know if that's where they're currently residing? Yes. Okay. Like we so see this a lot of times in, um, especially in college women, you know, when you, uh, we always say when, you know, when you get to college, it's like, it's like summer camp. Basically, everybody knows what the, knows nobody. And so you get there, and the first couple of people that you find, you just grab onto them and pretend like you're besties. You know, <laughs> like, okay, oh my gosh, you, you like the color yellow too? Okay, we're best <laughs> friends now. And you might not know anything about them. They might not be your type of friend, but like you just don't want to be alone. So you'll grab hold of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just seen so many women do that. And I know my freshman year of college, that's what I did. I found six girls. I became best friends with them, but honestly had never had a deep conversation with them throughout my entire freshman year of college. <laughs> like we wow. had fun together and had a couple of things in common, but never really dove deep together. And it wasn't until the very last night of freshman year when I went to dinner with Mackenzie and um, <laughs> Mackenzie. She never says my full name. <laughs> Um, when I went to dinner with Kent and immediately like we were diving deep and we were talking about our struggles and we were talking about you know where we had fallen short that year and how the Lord had still been present and showed up in the midst of it and that conversation was just kind of a wake-up call for me of like oh my gosh there is so much more out there for friendships and like next year when I get back for sophomore year, like there's no way that I'm not going to chase after people like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think you can know if you're in the friendship, quote unquote, friendship comfort zone, if like your friends don't challenge you. Like my friends, I promise you there's about every single week I want to just be like, you are so annoying. I can't believe you're calling me out on this, but you're so <laughs> right. Um, and so I think you need friends who challenge you. You need friends who encourage you, who don't um, force you to compare yourself to them all the times. So, mm. I think a lot of times, especially in, in Christian circles too, we will build 
really awesome friend groups. Like we'll build friend groups that are like, we all love Jesus and we all go to church and whatever, but like, we don't ever go deep together. And so I think you got to look for friendships that like together you are kind of like collectively like chasing after the kingdom together. Um, And then on the flip side, I think like if you have a friend in your life who is like honestly kind of pulling you down and who like kind of brings drama to your life or kind of, um, makes you like kind of make bad decisions that you know don't line up with who you are Mm. Um, I think that's another thing too is like especially freshman year that was me freshman year like I had friends that were like fun but were they like pointing me towards Jesus definitely not and so I think it's important um whether you're surrounded by like believers or not like to have friends that challenge you but also friends that like support you and run with you and encourage you Yeah, I would say the same exact thing. It's so good. Like, I just actually just went out to lunch with a friend of mine who I've been friends with since literal, like, like toddler years. And um, she lives in Nashville now, too. And we just grabbed like an hour lunch. And I I had the choice then, like with a friend that I've had forever to either just Mm -hmm. like, catch up about like her, her life and her day and her week. Or I could like have the choice to like dive deep and ask the hard questions. And like, I knew that going into the conversation. I was like, (laughs) I kind of want to stay on the surface. But like, I also know she has some like, she, you know, we have things like harder things to talk about. And like, there's like things below the surface that we could get to. And like, I don't know, I think we just, because we get lazy or complacent or just comfortable we don't go there with our friends and like I think we all know the questions that we need to ask or the things we need to say and so we just need to start saying them and doing that because that's what like kingdom friendships about yeah that's so good it's interesting because essentially those those heart-to-heart conversations those deep conversations that really we do want to be having as believers right when we're hanging out with our girlfriends they are or can be uncomfortable So to look at it as a friendship comfort zone, being the place where you kind of stay in the shallows. And then when you, when you go deep, that's where growth happens. Right. So it might be a little uncomfortable, but it's always worth the uncomfort in the end. Yeah, Yeah. it's so true. It's so true. There have been so many moments where seriously, Ken's will call me out on something and, um, it's so tough in the moment. Like I seriously do. Like, I want to be like, why am I friends with you? You're so annoying. (laughs) But it's so true, like, there, she, um, because she knows me so well, because, like, day in and day out, we share the hard stuff with each other. Honestly, a lot of the time, she's more quick to notice kind of when sin's creeping into my life or more quick to notice when, like, comparison seeping in or just all those sorts of things that I oftentimes ignore. And so I think it's, like, so important, and it can be tough and frustrating at times to have those friendships, but, like, they're so good and they're almost like I feel like they're almost like guardrails in your life like they just keep you on track and they keep you focused and they keep you like going after the things that you actually feel called to go after and so they're just so important to have those friendships that like are outside of your comfort zone yeah I cannot agree more so good you guys if we're looking at both students in college and then maybe once we get out of college um what how how would you answer this question how can we best um focus on forming purposeful and edifying friendships in both of those stages really yeah I don't know I think they look a little different I think in college we have some like tangible like temptations in our life like (laughs) you go to the party or not go to the party or hang out this way or not hang out this way or stay up too late and not go to church and whatever like 
there's like some really tangible things that could probably distract us from like what like our purpose should be or where we should be putting our time in college. And I think friendship, kingdom friendship, purpose in your friendship looks like keeping each other accountable, empowering Mm. each other, just helping each other out. And um, yeah, just like identifying those little mistakes or temptations and like help redirect them. Um, I think it's the same post-grad too. I think there's a lot of temptations and (laughs) I think you have to like keep each other on track, keep each other accountable and I think that helps like identify like a bigger purpose in our life. Um, like I think if we like in our day to day can have that accountability, mm-hmm. there's still like the bigger picture, the bigger God given purpose comes more to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, accountability has been huge in Mac and I's like relationship. Like we say it a lot, but like, you know, anytime we like, you know, mess up kind of, or like do something that's not like of God outside of delight it puts like just like a wall like against like hearing from God and feeling and experiencing all those things and like we have to keep each other accountable because if one of us like is not totally like all in it really affects like our relationship and the ministry at hand and I think Mm -hmm. that goes with everybody out there like accountability and friendship is huge because it opens the door and again it surfaces like purpose and like God-sized vision in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just like to add on to that. I think that like practically, um, definitely accountability. And then I think setting vision and setting rhythms for your friendships are really important for us. Like vision, vision for Ken's and I has come really easy because we, we run a ministry together, but I honestly can look at every single one of my friendships and see that there's like a really clear vision to how we have become friends and like what it is, like kind of like what's the point of our friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so much more than like somebody to have fun with on Friday nights. It's so much more than like someone um, so that you don't have to be like alone eating in the cafeteria. Like (laughs) um, I can think of like all my really close friends, like, um, I have a friend who's also in ministry and we get together pretty much every single week and like every single week, like talk about like the hardships of ministry and like where we're struggling and where we're falling short and like Mm -hmm. where, um, where do we see like God at work even in the midst? And it's been really cool. Like that friendship has been so fruitful and like so life giving in my life. And then I have another friend who works in the music industry and Mm -hmm so cool because like that has a different vision to that friendship like that vision's friendship is like truly like she kind of keeps me out of my christian bubble and i keep her like grounded in her faith and it's really cool how we support each other in that like we both have the same heartbeat but we exercise it in different ways we talk about that all the time about that point and that purpose of our friendship and so if like i think for anyone like if you have a friend and you guys both have a heart for like the nations like set that as vision in your friendship if you both have a heart for like the underdog like set that as a vision for your friendship um i think that's super important and then i think rhythms are important too like um i think if you have rhythms in your friendships or like traditions or how you guys like i think it's healthy to like have a friend that you're like yeah every two weeks we we have a date night and we got to dinner together because yeah. we love this one restaurant and Tuesday like it's it's just so good and I think especially post-grad to do that because you can get lost in the shuffle and like busyness of life and so I think setting rhythms and setting vision um, is just an easier way for God to be able to truly operate in his fullness through your friendships 
Y'all, I mean, like real talk, I've always struggled because like I've, I've always felt like making friends in college was so much easier than making friends once you're out of college because, you know, you're you're kind of in this environment where it's supernatural. You're always meeting new people. You like live in the same place. You're going to the same classes. And then all of a sudden you graduate and everyone kind of disperses, right? Yeah. yeah. Everything you've said about accountability and attentionality and vision and just holding one another like to a higher standard, the standard that, you know, you know, they want to hold themselves to and vice versa is so important, whether you're in or out of college, because that's, what's going to keep friendships, you know, strong and growing and keep you growing as an individual as well. Yeah. With that, I would love to hear from both of you. Um, just maybe like your number one piece of advice for fostering healthy friendships, no matter your age or your stage in life, what you think that one number one piece of advice would be. Ooh, good question. It's hard to narrow it down to one thing. <laughs> all number one questions are hard. You have to like think of the thing that has stood true, I think, over the years rather than the thing you're like most excited about. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to like get really excited about things in the moment. So <laughs> uh yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know. One thing for us that I think we honestly can be a lot better at, but I think is the thing that has brought our friendship back to life if there's ever been a a point where um it Mm -hmm. hasn't been good because there's been a lot of times where our friendship like was not pretty like we had like a for real like almost like year like nine months where we like pretty much like didn't talk and like wanted to not be friends and it was really difficult. And then there's just been, there's been so many moments since then. And yeah, I think the one thing that has kept us back together and kept us excited about our friendship and each other is just being really like bluntly honest with each other and vulnerable with each other. I can think of like, I mean, you know, and even in, we hang out together every single day and like, there's obviously times where I'm like, I hate you or like you really bug- <laughs> it really bugged me when you did a b and c or like mm-hmm. this and that and like actually like talking about those things is really healthy and it's really hard to do because it's like really random are you supposed to like bring it up like like all of a sudden like after work it's like kind of hard to like be bluntly honest all the time so I think oftentimes for us we actually fast together mm-hmm. on Tuesdays over diet we've done it almost since the beginning of the ministry starting mm-hmm. and this time has like it always leaves space for us to be like honest with each other and like get back to what matters most. And so, and it also helps us for like those moments help us become, it becomes more natural then to bring it up in other days of the week. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, just being like really honest about like how you feel or times they hurt you or whatever it is. This is such a funny story, but we just recently did our leadership conference in, Mm -hmm. in Nashville and we, um, okay, there's this really terrible, awful experience I had where um, we had a donut eating competition happening oh, no. on stage. Yeah. And we thought it'd be so funny for them to eat all these donuts, blah, blah, blah. Well, turns out that like we ended up getting like chanted up to like do the donut eating ourselves, which was that so not like planned. A nightmare. Oh my gosh. It, a nightmare, right? It was like <laughs> you have to eat like donuts and like however many you can in like 90 seconds. And like, oh, my, I'm like a health freak. So I was like dying, but like <laughs> the whole room was chanting. Like, so it was like so bad. But 
I like didn't go right away. It was so embarrassing. So I like, they like, candy, candy. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. So I humiliated myself for like three full minutes. Didn't go, didn't go. Basically got like pressured in just because Mac decided she was going to go. And then I was like, well, she can't be the cool one here. So I got to (laughs) go. Anyways, I got so embarrassed at this moment. And like, we had this final worship night at the end of the night, right after this, that was going to be like super epic and really amazing. And Mm -hmm. it totally like ruined me for this moment. I was like, I just feel like I'm not going to be able, like, I was just so embarrassed, honestly, that I like didn't go up sooner. It's so dumb, but I just was. (laughs) And so we were in the back before that all happened. And like Max, like pumped up amp. She's like ready to go. She's speaking. She's like, and and I'm like just dying inside being like you are way better than me and you are like rocking it right now you're more spiritual like I'm literally like a little weak girl like I'm just embarrassed of what happened earlier and I could have just let that like slide by I could have just been like you know whatever we'll just go into this final night and like I'll feel this way or I could like pull her behind the scenes and like just bring it up even though it's really embarrassing like So I did. I like just brought her behind the stage and we were, I was like, this is so dumb. I know you're like ready to speak and do this thing, but like, I'm like super embarrassed about the donut eating competition. Like that was such a a terrible, embarrassing thing for me to bring up, but I brought it up anyways. So this is my whole long winded story to just say (laughs) that like, I think it's so important to adjust those things on your heart that you're like too embarrassed to bring up or like, you're like fearful of what they'll think of you or like, ones that you're like oh my gosh I shouldn't feel this way mm. like still bring it up because it will like rekindle your friendship and it's so important so yeah so amazing. good amazing yeah and I was gonna say too like mine was uh so similar but honestly in in Ken's and I's friendship and I can look on back on any of my friendships and honestly the friendships that are still going today that have lasted so many years are the friendships that like we actively pray together Mm. um which sounds so simple like I've had friends that I've had for years and like I've never prayed with them and oftentimes they kind of those friendships kind of slip away but there's something about like anytime Kenzie and I like not just pray before a meal but like anytime we like actually intentionally pray together like whatever our issues were seemed to just kind of dissipate it's it's so funny to me like prayer like mm-hmm. she talks about how we fast on Tuesdays like prayer and fasting has literally allowed us to anytime we were in a tough season like it has been the thing that like saved our friendship mm-hmm. and um it's so cool because I think entering into a time of prayer like that honesty and that vulnerability like has to happen like something about like coming before the Lord with it is like you're like oh my gosh I can't hide this anymore like I have to bring it to the surface and so I think even in your friendships now like if 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 you're listening to this and like you have a friendship that you're like oh gosh like I don't know like I know we both love the Lord and and I know we're kind of like suffering right now like start praying together like start saying like hey can we like pause for 10 minutes and just like pray about what's happening in our life and and you know those prayers that you've done that are like real prayers and prayers where you're like I'm just rushing and this feels awkward and I don't really want to do this like Mm -hmm. take a moment pause and like really dive into prayer within your friendships it really does I think change so much and I think can like heal so many like broken wounds and like broken friendships so I'm a big believer in that we both are yeah well and it's so true like when you get to that kind of uh space in a friendship or relationship where you can just like openly be together and pray for one another and not just say like, Hey, I'll pray for you, but rather 
Let's Pray Right Now, it brings you to another level. But not only that, it kind of opens the floodgates for God to do incredible things through your friendship, right? Yeah, and it it takes the pressure off of you guys have to fix your issues. Yeah. Hey, instead, like we're just bringing this to the feet of Jesus. And like, we know we're like imperfect and we're human and we're going to mess this up. But like, Mm -hmm. we know Lord, that like you put your like seal upon this. And so we're going to trust you with it. We're going to trust that you're a good father who can heal it and can mend it. It can like bring it back together. And so, yeah, I think it's super cool to know that the pressure's off when you bring it to to the Lord in prayer. So, well, I so appreciate how open and honest you guys are about your own friendship, both the, the really great, but then also some of the really hard, because being honest about all of that, just like provides such a space for healing for other people as well, including myself. So thank you guys for sharing all of that. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Well, we have a few little outro questions, um, before we close up. So, this is kind of a fun one since we are focusing a lot on kind of that college age season of life. Knowing what you know now at 26 and 27, what would you tell yourself at age 20? Ooh, ooh. That kind of that hinted at it before. We talked about this that a lot. Um, we didn't know at the beginning of, sorry, this is serious, by the way. I think these outro questions might have been just supposed to be fun, <laughs> but I'm going serious about it. Oh, go for it. I'm stoked. Okay, just quickly. Maybe Mac will bring I'll a fun one. I'll bring a fun one. one. Okay. <laughs> Mac hinted at this before, but like we didn't know when we were in college that we, you know, we started to delight our sophomore year. We were building it kind of like our senior year kind of. And we had no idea sitting at the, mm-hmm. like, we didn't know what it was going to turn into then. But everything that we did, every coffee date we went on, like every hour we carved out to like, uh, be with people to start a, like our little delight thing like it so mattered like mm. everything mattered and was like little bits that built like a foundation for what delight is today and we had no idea it was so silly it was like just the beginning and um we just did it and so yeah I would t- tell myself that like everything that I'm working on and everything I'm doing um like that has like a really kingdom purpose matters. Yeah. That's so good. good. That's good. And I would tell myself, um, don't throw away your JLo hoops because they're going to come back. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's what I tell myself. That is so weird. <laughs> I wear JLo hoops every day of my life and I just feel most myself when I wear them. She has like, yeah, she has. <laughs> been talking about these jelly hoops a lot recently I don't know if she's trying to be like J-Lo or I love it you got to balance the heavy with the light it's perfect Um, okay so for both of you I'd love to hear um who or what is inspiring you lately Ooh, yes right now I'm trying to be really really key to what really is inspiring me right now. And we recently had, um, a leadership, our leadership conference, Ken's mm-hmm. been that. and, um, there's a couple worship songs that were, I'm really hype on right now from the conference that were introduced by Ken's to me, actually. Oh, so wow. all props to her. Gives me I know. I don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel fulfilled. There's this song. It's called champion. It's Bethel Dante hall. You have to like YouTube. You got to YouTube it. And it's so good. It like just gets me amped and hype. And then 
there's another one by Dante Hall called um, Real Thing that is also just like so good. And those two worship songs are honestly is what inspired me. Hence. Um, mine is, okay, this is like so hilarious, but I don't know if you know Francis Chan. Oh yeah. I bring him up on like, and I mean, on a regular, he always <laughs> inspires me. He is so radical in his faith and yeah. I love the way that he pursues people and the way he doesn't care about himself at all. And mm-hmm. honestly, just so much everybody else. He just so inspires me. And actually he was one of the first people that, um, I went to his church when I first came to know the Lord in high school. So he is a really big part of my life and uh, always well. So yeah, I would say him, all, like always. <laughs> Maybe I need something new. <laughs> no, I could not agree more. He's like the real deal. Yeah. Well, we have one more question. And I ask this of any guest who's ever been on the show. And it's really fun because I get such a wide variation of answers. And this is totally up to you and what you think. So share your heart. But in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? Yes. Okay. I'll take one for the team and answer this one, Ken. For Feel both good? of us. Unless you got to. I, I think, I don't know what she's going to say, but I'm <laughs> in agreement. She's already in agreement. Okay. <laughs> when I think of the word wild, I think of um, truly free. And I think of it as someone who's like living in freedom. And I think that like the only way to truly live in freedom is to surrender every little last thing to the Lord and like lay it all at his feet. And like, that's a lot, like, and that's a long process of kind of dumping out all the junk that's in our hearts and all the things that we've hidden away under lock and key that we thought we'd never let anybody see. Um, But when you can finally do that, like I think when you can like get rid of all the junk, like I almost see the picture of like turning a heart upside down and like shaking it until all of that like stuff just comes out. I think that's, done that and you've like laid it all at the feet of Jesus and like given him every last little thing like that's truly like when you can have a wild heart like we talk about it as like a whole heart but I think in the same way it's a a Mm -hmm. wild whole heart that is like fully surrendered to him and so yeah that's what I would say yes love it (laughs) that's so good well before we sign off you guys can you share where everyone can find you Yes, yes. Okay, so um, the Delight Instagram, we're on there all the time. So it's at Delight Ministries, our website, www.delightministries.com. And then our personal Instagrams, mine is Mac Lee Wilson, L E I G H. And then Ken's is Ken's Ray Baker. Personal insights. We've never given out our personal, uh, you know, insights. We usually stick with the delight thing, but we got them all. You guys, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for wanting to come and share your heart and um, just talk about the importance and the beauty of fostering healthy friendships. And um, you guys are great. And I'll be in Nashville soon. So if y'all ever want to hang out, I'm actually going to live really close to Belmont. So just let me know. Okay, Yay, we can't wait to hang in person too. Yay! Oh, you guys are great. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that you guys enjoyed my conversation with Mac and Ken's as much as I did. And I'm sure you guys learned a ton because <laughs> I know I did. Be sure to give them a follow on Instagram, both at Delight Ministries and on their personals, because they are constantly sharing really encouraging, uplifting, and just spiritually inspiring content. 
Be sure to come back in two weeks when I'm sitting down with a new friend of mine, Asherita Chuchu, where we're going to be talking about how to form really good morning habits, but especially the time that we spend with Jesus, whether that's in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evenings, just having that time with him. So we'll see you in two weeks, but until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith. 